It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Deflected by Gambrell, stick from Ottawa wide, but not out of the zone. Center play. Oh, oh, great keep in by Vlasic. He barely kept that in play. Goes behind the net now. Couture knocked down there. By Holden, Crowd wanted a penalty, it's not going to get called. Lassick pinched in and made the play, now it's fed back, and Meyer shoots, SCORE! Oh boy, Timo Meyer snaps it home! And brilliant forechecking by the Sharks, a great keep-in by Mark-Edward Lassick, and a pass by Balsers right on the tape goes to Meyer, he finishes it off, and the Sharks are up 4-3 with 8.42 to go. Yeah, I was uh, at three high, and then uh, Rudy made a great pass to me, and uh, and I was coming into the slot, and uh, just had the the defenseman flat footed there, and uh, yeah, got a pretty good uh, shot off there. All right, good morning, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, and welcome to Morning Tide. The San Jose Sharks riding two straight wins, and that was an interesting game last night for a number of reasons because right off the bat. I watched them score that first goal, and then they looked like they took their foot off the gas. And in a way, I kind of had a a deja vu feeling to last year because I felt a lot of times last year the Sharks jumped out to a one-goal lead, and then they would take their foot off the gas, and then they would just bleed goals all over the place. And it was like, ugh, what on earth is happening? But that didn't happen, which was nice, obviously. And then B, even though they were off their game they did not really let it seem to affect them too bad. And the nice thing was that in between the first and the second period, apparently Bob Bugner talked to the team and said, hey, this is what you're doing wrong. This is where we need to be more detail-oriented. We need to stop giving away the puck. We need to be a better team. And the Sharks actually did that, even though we did see that, surprisingly, Ottawa had a lot of pushback. Or maybe I shouldn't even say surprisingly because... And I talked about this on the buildup. If you're not listening to that podcast, the buildup every day of the game uh, before, well, I usually post it around, I don't know, about one o'clock in the afternoon uh, for, for home games. And it'll play for a couple times on the audio network and it's available for download, but it's going to be every day of the game. But you can get some of the, the thoughts that I have going into the game. We usually interview a beat writer. We usually interview a broadcaster, get some of the morning skate sound. Anyway, it's all on there. But one of the things that I was wondering about and fearful of entering this game was whether or not the Sharks were going to be aware that the Ottawa Senators, due to the COVID outbreak and due to their record at this point of the year, whether or not they were going to be playing with the desperation that the Sharks were ready for. Because if we look at the other side of that, the Sharks were the desperate team a couple weeks ago when they were down uh, seven regulars due to COVID. And suddenly you had 
the Sharks with younger guys showing up and seemingly surprising teams with their effort and their intensity where it was like guys or teams showed up to games and they just weren't prepared for what the Sharks were bringing. And I wondered if the Sharks were going to be facing something similar tonight in Ottawa. And I think Ottawa, to their credit, they played a little bit of that urgent, desperate hockey. I think they're dealing with a very different scenario than what the Sharks are dealing with. They also lost their second and third line centers for the year and the COVID outbreak. And it's, it's been a lot for them up to this point of the year. But, you know, in the second period, the Sharks take the lead very, very quickly. And then later on in the period, you see the Senators tie it up. And then they take the lead 3-2. And then before the period ends, you get a nice comeback from Nick Bonino. And at that point, I'm thinking to myself, this game can go, you know, one of two very different ways because Ottawa has not folded up to this point. They've kept themselves in the game. They've been fighting. They've been working hard. They've been, you know, inviting physicality with the Sharks and really trying to look for that emotional instigation, whether it was the early fight uh, with Jake Middleton or Austin Watson with the boarding penalty on Vlasic trying to do something to fire up the team in that moment. At least that's how I perceived it. Ottawa was not shying away from the moment, and it didn't look like they were going to fold at any given point of that game. So it was very fascinating to watch how it was going to play out. And then the Sharks, credit to Timo Meyer, he came out and he scored a huge goal uh, you know, almost halfway through the third to give the Sharks a 4-3 lead. And then you get the two empty netters to make it a lopsided final 6-3. to But, you know, halfway through the third, that's a 3-3 game. And Timo Meyer and the Sharks were able to find the breakthrough. And, you know, I've, I've said it a lot lately that the Sharks have, a lot, have had a lot of convincing wins and they've had a lot of convincing losses. And I think that that's what I've been waiting for is in these tight games that are tied as you get later and later in the game, are the Sharks going to be able to find the breakthrough? And in the last two games, you know, obviously they were able to find the, the equalizer against Carolina and take that into overtime and get the 2-1 win. And then tonight, you're 3-3 late in the third, then Timo Meyer finds that goal to put you in the lead and you don't relinquish it. And again, I look at that and I think that's really indicative of a lot of growth of where the Sharks were a year ago. And I also give a lot of credit to Ottawa for fighting throughout that much of the game and keeping it tight until the last 90 seconds till a couple of empty netters blow it open in terms of the final, because obviously it's a much closer game than a 6-3 final. But, you know, that was... It's interesting to watch the maturity of the team right now, or maybe not the maturity, but the maturation of the team right now of the Sharks as they were last year and the year before and what they are turning into this year. And I think for one thing that I pay attention to is that the Sharks are winning the games they are supposed to win. I mean, this was a game that I pointed to when they were in the midst of some very difficult scheduling when I said, hey, it doesn't get easier when they're back home until they play Ottawa on a Wednesday night, the night before Thanksgiving. And at that point, we didn't even know if the game was going to happen because they were dealing with the COVID outbreak. So they, in my mind, were the better team going into this game. And even though they played against a desperate Ottawa team, they still stuck to their guns. They didn't get too far off of their game or when they did wander, they were able to get themselves back to their game and they put forth the good performances that they needed to walk away with a win. And that goes a long, long way in my book because you need to be able to rely on guys to step up. And, you know, a lot of big things happen in this game. Nick Benino scoring his goal. And then there was another moment where, you know, Mario Ferraro goes back and talks to James Reimer after, you know, Reimer gives up a goal that I think that he would like to have back. And, you know, just little things like that, little 
peeks at the emotional landscape of the San Jose Sharks right now are very, very telling to me because we are watching a team that really does like each other. I think these guys all like competing for each other, and I think they literally like fighting for each other, and that's another dynamic that I really wish had been here with some of these earlier Sharks teams that were more talented. There was just more of the willingness to be more physical, more of the willingness to fight, more of the willingness to go after the guys, more of the willingness to stand up for each other in a visceral physical capacity. Now, I know with the Sharks previously, they were so talented, it was like almost like they didn't want to lower themselves or they wanted to stay above the fray. It was like, okay, you're going to go after one of our guys. Well, we're going to come back and we're going to, you know, paste a lot of goals on you and you're going to regret that you ever even thought about going against us. And, you know, that's not ever am I going to say that was the bad way to do it because they did it and they, you know, teams would go after them and instead of, you know, immediately engaging in a fight, they would score goals and goals and goals and it would rain pucks, you know, on the opposition. And that's, you know, when you're that good, that's that's the best comeback. But the Sharks aren't that team anymore, and they are now inviting this physicality. And teams are almost looking at it like a challenge, too. I do think that, you know, there have been early fights in the games where guys are coming at Jake Middleton, and you're seeing just the reaction there. And I, I like it. I like that teams are looking at the Sharks and saying to themselves that they want to test what is there, that they want to use the Sharks as some sort of a physical measuring stick that they can kind of get a, a reaction out of their team because that was not how the Sharks were before. This is a this is a different version of the Sharks. And, you know, maybe I'm just going with the recency bias because I know the Sharks, you know, we go back to Jumbo in 2019, you know, punching goalies in the throat and taking them down with one uh, one punch. So it's not like it was never there but it's just something that there's been more of a focus on as of late. And maybe maybe that's the way Bob Bugner's got to see it right now when he watches his team that he knows is not as talented and has more young guys and has more players who are not at the same level where the Sharks used to be. He says, we have to rely on other emotional factors that are going to allow us to come together, that are going to allow us to be cohesive, bond, and be a better team when all is said and done. And that's one of the things that I've seen in these last couple of games, and I even go back to the game against Washington, I, I, I did not hate that game. I thought the Sharks played a decent game. It's 2-0 late before Washington goes up 3-0, and then it's 4-0 with an empty netter. That's not an outcome I'm going to be upset about in the slightest. I, I think that A, Washington is a very good team, and B, sometimes you are going to lose. And I think there is something to be said about the way you lose in that the Sharks in that game did not get away from what their blueprint was, from what their structure. At least they didn't get away from it so long that they melted down. In the game against Carolina, they were behind. They fought their way back into it, and they got the win. In the game last night uh, against the Sens, they go down, or excuse me, they take the lead, and then it's a back and forth. They go down. And we always flash back to a year ago where what would have happened or two years ago, you feel like there would have been a collapse, but this year there is no collapse. There is a, they thrive. They responded to the moment and they came up with big time performances. And that's very interesting to see in light of the way they stood up for each other in light of the fights, in light of the physicality, in light of the relative difficulty. And it goes back to the point that Bob Bugner made last year when he was talking about how he wanted to see the Sharks have a better response to adversity. And lo and behold, the Sharks at this point are having a better response to adversity and it's putting them in a better position to succeed. And they are doing the little things right. And when they do the little things right, they are being rewarded by it. When they stick to their guns, 
when they go to the script, when they stay with what the blueprint is, they are yielding better results. And it's also in conjunction with a good dressing room right now. It's a good vibe. The goalies are both playing very good hockey. Yeah, the goals haven't been there, but you know we have to find out whether or not that's been a little bit of an aberration and maybe there was still some chemistry issues with guys getting back on track after being out with COVID. We got to see what happens next. We can't just judge everything off of what we've seen through not even a quarter of the year. I mean, we're getting close to that quarter mark, but we're still not even there. And you are watching a team that is developing. And, you know, I I look at what the Pacific Division is right now, and I know that you can say, well, Ted, it's way too early to be looking at that. But, you know, I will disagree because if we look at some of the rectification that's going on, L.A. has cooled significantly. They've lost five in a row. Anaheim has also cooled substantially. They have lost three in a row. Vegas is looking more and more like we thought they would. They are now at third in the division. Edmonton is what we thought they would be, and they are sitting in second in the division, and I think they can be a lot better. Calgary, a bit of a surprise to some people, but there's some, you know, there's a lot of talent on that roster, and they are sitting at 12 and 3. They've won four in a row. And the Sharks right now at 10, 8, and 1. They have now earned themselves 21 points. They are two back of Anaheim. Again, three losses in a row. Three back of Vegas. Seven back of Edmonton and eight back of Calgary. But if you look big picture and you look at the cooling of Anaheim, the cooling of L.A., Vancouver not living up to expectations, and Seattle probably being in line with expectations, it shows you that the Sharks are now sitting in a good place after we have now seen 19 games. 10 wins, 8 losses, 1 overtime loss. If I told you that that was the record, and I know you're probably sick of me saying this, but I do feel like this has to be brought up after every single game because for the most part this year, and as the Sharks are above 500, the Sharks are walking away with some pretty good performances, some performances that have all been also been impacted by COVID and the surrounding circumstances, like guys coming back from the COVID protocol at elevation in Colorado. But overall... I think I feel pretty good about the team. I think Bob Bugner feels pretty good about the team. I think that Doug Wilson feels pretty good about the team. And I think that fans feel pretty good about the team because there have been a couple moments this year where I've watched the Sharks and I've wondered, "Uh uh-oh, is this the kind of mediocre that's just going to be boring? Because I think that's the worst thing that would happen to the Sharks if they were mediocre, not just by way of being a 500 team, but being boring. And I, I feel like that, even though that there's been flirtation with that, that's not been the case of what the Sharks are. I feel that for the most part, they're putting out a pretty compelling product, something that's fun to watch. And I think part of the reason that it's fun to watch is because there's a lot of emotional... You see the emotion, I guess is a better way of saying it. You see a lot of the emotion that the Sharks are going through. They don't try to hide it. They don't try to act like they're not pumped for guys. I mean, when Benito scored that goal, you know, because obviously he'd been denied, denied so many times so far this year, the whole team reacted around him. Everybody, you know, they they acted like they had just won a playoff game, like they had just won a series, like it was huge. Because maybe they could tell that it was huge for him individually. And they're not afraid of sharing that emotion. They're not afraid about being overexcited in the moment. Same thing with Middleton. When he scores his first NHL goal, the guys go nuts for him. As they should go nuts for each other. And I think that that just wasn't there the last couple of years. I, you know, two years ago, 
I've said it many times. There was a lot of heaviness coming into that season after getting to the Western Conference Final the year before and once again coming up short. That was a heaviness on the team. They didn't play well out of the gates, and it kind of snowballed out of, out of there. You know, last year, the Sharks had a lot of difficulty just inherent to the unique situation they were in compared to the rest of the NHL training camp in Arizona. You know, what, 13 games to start the season on the road? It was different. It was very, very different for the Sharks last year, and combined with the fact that they didn't have a training camp and it was a team in a point of transition, it was not going to go well, and it did not go well. It wasn't abysmal. You know, there's much worse seasons that we've seen around the NHL and from the San Jose Sharks flashback to their second year of existence. If you want or don't, we try to forget that one. But it could have been a lot worse last year. It wasn't, but it wasn't great by any means. It wasn't even good. It was subpar. It was disappointing. But this year, I think we're watching the Sharks getting better and better and better. And I think that is what you want to see. You can't expect them to be a world beater after five games or 10 games or 15 or now 19 going on 20. But I think the idea was they would be better from one game to the next, that they would be a more cohesive team, that they would be a more fluid team, that they would be a more dynamic team. And I do think that that's what we are continuing to see. And I'm fine with that. I am not expecting them to be world beaters. However, they have already beaten Toronto this year. They have beaten Carolina. They've beaten Edmonton. They've beaten Winnipeg twice. I mean, this is a team that will go out there and play with anyone. And I think that is very much to their credit that they can play with anyone. And I think that also, when you look at the 3-2-1 stretch, when they were impacted by COVID, the fact that they had the resolve and the organizational depth to step up in that instance, it's awesome. But I also wonder what would have happened if they'd not had that COVID interruption. Would they have won, you know, four out of six? Would they have won five out of six? And then how would they have played against the Avalanche in that game? Were guys not just coming back from COVID? I, I don't mean to be getting greedy or thinking that the team is that much better than they are, because I don't think that the reality would have been that much different from what we saw over the three, two, and one stretch, and maybe they would have been able to uh, get one more win, or maybe they would have been able to get more. We will never know, but I do think that there is potential here, and in his post-game comments, which we're going to get to on the other side, Timo Meyer talked about wanting to get to the playoffs, and we'll get assessments from Bonino, from Meyer, from Bugner, about where the Sharks think they are right now. And we're also going to talk to Jacob Middleton after he scored his first NHL goal. All right, we're going to take a break on the other side. Like I said, we've got a lot coming up. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. We're in the final minute of play. Netminder has gone to the bench. Ottawa gives it away, shot by Middleton. First, first NHL goal, he's got it! Jake Middleton scores his first National Hockey League goal into the empty net from inside his own zone. And the Sharks are up six to three. Yeah, yeah, it's a great it's a great room right now. You know, we, um, you know, for us new guys, especially Cogs, knowing him coming in, 
Um, you know, we've come into a room that's very welcoming and uh, upbeat, a lot of energy. Uh, there's a, a little bit more youth this year than I think Sharks have had in the past. So, um, you know, as an older guy, trying to trying to be cool like the young guys and fit in and uh, it's been good so far. That was Jake Middleton's empty netter and first ever National Hockey League goal bringing us back in, followed by Nick Benino talking about the vibe for the San Jose Sharks right now. But to talk more about that goal, his first ever goal, we are now joined on Morning Tide by Jacob Middleton. You were an assist away from a Gordie Howe hat trick tonight. Did that cross your mind? No, not at all, because I was not planning on scoring at all. Fortunately, they pulled the goalie there and gave me a, a shot from 180 feet out. But it was, uh, no, it was good. It would have been cool, cool story to tell. But uh, an empty net from that far away is also going to remember that for a while. Still a pretty cool story. I mean, when it leaves your stick, are you thinking like, hey, that's got a shot? Or what was your initial reaction? Yeah, as soon as I looked up, I, I figured I'd just go for it. You know, we had the two-goal lead, and I just really wanted to get that one off the back. So I figured I'd give it a chance, and if not, we'd take the icing and try it again but no it was good to good to get that one nice uh take us through the uh the fight right there once again at the start of the game was it another instance of somebody asking for it or? Yeah, yeah i think i i think there's certain guys now who are looking for fights at the beginning of the year and i've kind of stepped up a few times so now i'm getting asked a lot um <laughs> but yeah no I, again that was just a kind of generic he jumped on and asked and i didn't say no so it's the mustache right i think so yeah but they don't realize it's it's not for a toughness factor it's because i got no teeth i'm trying to cover that up <laughs> good stuff man so just you know an interesting back and forth game you guys you jump out to the lead you know ottawa comes back into it and then you know you're down three two a little bit later and then you rock it back with four straight goals how is it for you guys kind of getting your position in that game getting your you know, overall flow of things going. What it, it seemed like you guys were a little bit interrupted there for a bit. Yeah, I think we came out really flat-footed uh, to start the first period, and we didn't really generate much that entire first period. Fortunately, we came out, kind of tilted the ice our way in the second, and I, I think it went that way for the most part. The two goals they got in the second there, uh, one off the end of a power play, one four-on-four, kind of lucky one, uh, and we didn't let it ruin our mojo. We still yeah. kept playing hard, and I think that was the deciding factor in us uh, getting the two points. Did uh, Bob say anything to you guys before the game? And obviously you were one of the guys on the COVID list, but when you guys were impacted by COVID, the team played with some you know, desperation and maybe jumped on some other teams that weren't expecting it. Did Bob say to you guys, like, hey, remember when we were on the other side of this, we played with more intensity than the opposition was expecting maybe. Was that broached at all? Not necessarily from the COVID factor, but absolutely from, from standings-wise. Yeah. Uh, you, you can see they haven't won a lot of games, but there, there's no easy games in the NHL. And the first period showed that we they came ready to play. They wanted to win bad, and we didn't as much as they did in the first period. Fortunately, like I said, the next two periods, we kind of took advantage of, of the options that we had and, and made it work. You know, it feels like you guys are kind of getting more of that reputation around the league where guys know that you're willing to get physical, you're going to fight back for each other. Does that, I mean, do you feel like guys know that about you now more in games? I think so, absolutely. Like, you, you even see guys like Matt Nieto at the end of the game, uh, Radam Simic, uh, beginning of the third period there, him and Formington were going at it, and Formington ended up taking a penalty on him about 25 seconds yeah. later. And it's things like that where it's a team toughness factor that – Everyone's buying into it, and, and it helps a lot. It goes a long way. After the boarding call uh, with uh, Vlasic, you got called for a slash. Did you? Uh, were you pissed off in that moment, or were you just kind of like, ah, that's just how it goes sometimes? Yeah, I mean, 
minor penalties are what they are. You can see it any way you want, but you just got to take all of them with a grain of salt and go sit your two-minute timeout. <laughs> now you guys got another uh, tough challenge coming up for you on Friday night. But obviously you guys have you've stepped up to a lot of challenges this year. Do you feel like you've got some good momentum going into the game? Absolutely. Every day is a new day, too. So we, we're going to enjoy this win for the next half hour or so here. But we know... And, and enjoy Thanksgiving tomorrow, I should say that as well. Bernsey's having some, some of the guys over for a nice dinner. But come Friday morning, it's a new day, it's a new game, new opponents. And I think we've done a good job of taking that mindset into to most of the games this year. Well, you guys will be fueled by turkey on Friday night. Congrats on the win and happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, guys. Jacob Middleton, a uh, good talker and obviously very excited for him that he got his first ever National Hockey League goal. And I'm excited to see him and his uh, fellow Sharks fueled by Turkey coming up on Friday night when they take on Toronto. I wanted to get into some of the assessments that I told you that we would get from Bugner, Meyer, and Benino about where the Sharks are now near this quarter point. Uh, this is what Bugner offered when talking about where he thinks the Sharks are right now or his general assessment. You know, I think it's uh, a good question. I think that uh, um, we haven't really had time to stop and think about it. I think uh, um, I like I like our team. Um, I, I like the way we compete most nights. I think that we've been... Uh, um, you know, you can hear it around a league, and you can hear other people talk. They, you know, they, they know we compete, and they know we uh, we play hard. That was the most important thing coming out of camp. I think after uh, after the amount of hockey we've played, and and uh, I think we're right probably where we deserve to be. Uh, but I think there's another level, um, and that's going to come with you know getting back to scoring some goals. We we you know finally got a few to go for us tonight, but. Uh, you can't win a lot of games in this league, uh, one nothing or two one every night. You need goal support, and uh, um, but I'm happy. I mean, I think the special teams have been solid. Uh, you know, Rhymes the goaltending has been good, um, and you know, I just uh, it's it's getting a little more offense out of this lineup. But uh, um, you know, I, I think there's still another level. And I think that's a relatively accurate response. You're pleased with what there has been. There's been a lot going on, but you also think that the team can be a little bit better. Here's Timo Meyer. Yeah, we uh, we've showed some good hockey, but we also, uh, you know, I think we we can have some more consistency in in uh, the way we have to play. We got to bring that more uh, if we want to, you know, go into the playoffs. We got to bring more consistency to uh, to the game with with our identity. So I think that's something that we gotta gotta work on, and uh, yeah, just keep working hard, and the good things are gonna happen. And Nick Benino. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> It's, it's we're in a uh, striking distance. I think you can say we, you know, we had a majority of our lineup out for six games, um, six or seven games, and we we weathered the storm there. We're over 500, and um, in this league, you, you look around and the parity is that you've got to be well over 500 to get in the playoffs. But uh, you know, we're almost coming up on the quarter mark, and we're right there. And um, you know, we'll look to improve on that in the second quarter here. And what they're describing to me is a one-step-at-a-time mentality. And one of those steps that this team had to take was to be more of a united group. And I think we are seeing that, especially tonight, when you finally saw Nick Bonino break through. Burns takes it from behind his own net. Man on a mission. Comes up to center, drops it backwards. Tipped by Hurdle to the middle, to Meyer, to center. Stick handles across the blue line. Knocks it ahead for himself. Has Holden closing the gap, so he spins it around the boards. And Benino grabs it on the right wing side and gives it back to Burns. Burns now to Couture. Left circle feed down low in front. Benino shoots, score! 
Nick Benino gets his first goal of the season and his first point is a shark and he's mobbed by everybody on the ice. 30.9 seconds to go, second period. Nick Benino makes it 3-3 with a power play goal. Huge for Benino because he had been cruelly denied so many times this year when trying to find the back of the net. And huge for the Sharks because they had fallen behind 3-2. They were going to be going into the intermission down a goal. Instead, you get the power play goal from Benino. It's a 3-3 game and it changed the entire dynamic. Yeah, it was like a, a Stanley Cup winner. It was uh, on the bench. You guys were so excited for him. You can see the relief on his face. and. Um, he had a chance earlier in the game as well. So, and I said that all along. I think uh, you know he's done so many good things for us. Um, you know, and it was it was it was getting painful to watch because you could see how frustrated he was, and he was still getting chances. But the th- the, the fact of the matter that he was getting those chances, um, it was just a matter of time. And hopefully now he's got one. I, you know that that's off. You know, monkey's off his back, and he could just go play hockey and uh, and enjoy it a little more. Pretty happy. Um, that was one of the happiest goal piles I've been in the guys were were pretty happy for me so I felt uh, you know like I could exhale finally and um, great play from uh, from everyone um, Cooch down to Timo right to me in the spot uh, in the honey hole there and just uh, was able to sneak one by Murray and I'm not going to be surprised if it's a bit of a landslide now from Benino to correct or regress to the mean in terms of what his normal production would be I don't expect him to be Connor McDavid, but I do expect him to probably put up more points than what he was doing. I don't think we expect one goal from Nick Benino through 19 games, and I don't think he would have any problem with me saying that either, but it'll be fun to watch what the Sharks do, and I think that also it's good that, and yes, you can call me Captain Obvious or Captain Lobar to clear, but the Sharks have assured a 504 game homestand here before they go back out on the road. If they can follow it up with one more win, It would be massive to walk away from a homestand that included Carolina, Washington, and Toronto with three wins. It's a tough task to do, especially when the Sharks are not one of the upper echelon teams in the league. If they do win three out of those four, then I think they will be taking steps towards once again being one of those upper echelon teams. All right, we're out of time. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Don't drink and drive. I'll see you all again on Saturday morning for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network. Three-man attack, one man back. Here comes Nieto, moving in, shoots, he scores!